Attention all personnel. Incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. We're back. Here we go. MASH Matters. I guess you could say this is season two. I don't know. This is year number two. We just had our first anniversary. So uh, year number two of MASH Matters begins right now. I am Ryan Patrick. And I am Jeff Maxwell. Absolutely year number two. How exciting that we are on year number two. It is. It is. Yeah. Wow. Who would have thunk? It's good that we have made it through the first trip around the sun and that people, (laughs) for some reason, are still listening to us, Jeff. That's true. Because all we are are as Virginia on Facebook, I think she summed up our podcast perfectly. She said, we are just two guys chatting about the best show ever. Of course, that TV show is uh, a kind of a popular show. It's It's a new up and coming show called MASH. I can't wait to see it. I've heard so many raves about it. It's supposed to be funny. And have a lot of underpinnings to it. Uh huh. I I really look forward to watching Mash. What were you saying about your underpinnings? What? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I don't want to talk about that right now. Remember, we'll go back to episode twenty-eight. I will talk about all the issues, including my underpinnings. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, Virginia. No, that's really an eloquent, very succinct thing to say. That's really true, isn't it? We're two guys who. You love the show. Mm-hmm. I worked on the show. Mm-hmm. Of course, I love the show, but uh, we have different perspectives on it Yes, and different experiences about it. And we love it for different reasons. But we're just two guys talking about it. And people seem to enjoy hearing us do that, which is great. And again, we cannot thank you enough for listening to us and for saying all the wonderful things that you say, because I really, really, uh, of all the emotional things that touch people about MASH, This whole experience has touched me deeply hearing people appreciate the show and especially appreciating me, which is certainly (laughs) acceptable for any of you to do as often as you care to do it, really. Yeah. I've been very, very uh, moved by everybody's appreciation for the show and for what we do. And it's, isn't it really cool? I I think that's really It is. It is. You know, and we just had our one year anniversary with the last episode. And so put it out on Facebook. Hey, what have you learned from the first year? What do you enjoy about the first year of MASH Matters? And within a few hours, we had a ton of of comments. And I thought we would just start this episode by running through a few of those comments, what people enjoy about the podcast and what they're enjoying about hearing about MASH. Like Irene Saylor. Irene, she says, my favorite episode was with Mike Farrell. I loved part one. Everything about part one was perfect beyond words. I cannot thank Jeff and Ryan enough for getting the most special of interviews with the most special of people. Thank you both. Now, apparently she hated part two, but, you know, part one, she absolutely (laughs) loved. Well, what does she know? What the heck? (laughs) Uh, Derek Wade says, let me be the first of many. Very much enjoy and appreciate the work you do to make it for all of us a labor of love. Ah, thank you, Derek. It is a labor of love. It is. Because we don't get a dime for this, you know. No. So we're doing this because we love doing this. That's why we're doing it. Uh, yeah, we don't make a dime. So if you want to start sending us dimes, you can. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> please. our addresses, you know, they're on the old uh, yeah. website there. I'm going to put my bank routing number up there, too, or routing number, <laughs> as the case may be. You can either root for it or route for it. Either one is all right with me. As long as you send the dimes to it. Uh, Go bank. (laughs) Samantha Orchard, congrats. I have learned so much. Do not know where to start. 
And and that's all she said. I don't know where to start. And then she stopped. So thank you, Samantha. <laughs> well, it's, it's very clear. She doesn't know where to start, does she? And Eric Engler, of course, we know Eric, certainly, don't we? We know Eric for dressing up as a big yellow canary. I think we know Eric more than we wanted to know Eric because uh, we've seen mm -hmm. some very incriminating photos of Eric. Yes. Dressed up <laughs> yes. as Klinger. And Eric says, thank you for keeping MASH alive as it has a history and fond memories for many. I and many others continue to pass it down to the next generation whenever possible. Well, thank you, Eric, for passing it down to those other people. Randy Koble says, I like that you actually read my email and read it in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I remember Randy had a question about me knowing people that was were in his uh, family or somebody who was a bartender or, you know, what's interesting, I, uh, Iron? No, no, Ryan. That's Ryan. <laughs> is that I'm beginning to know people and remember our listeners, mm -hmm. which is an interesting experience because I'm knowing little bits and pieces about people that we've never met. We don't know who they are really, but it's kind of an interesting view of the world and getting to know people that we didn't know before and actually having them stick in your head, Yeah, which may or may not be a good thing. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> Some stick in a good way and others, not so much. Not so much. And speaking of that, Lisa Petsko says. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I, no, no, no. I'm kidding, Lisa. I'm kidding, Lisa. She's going to come over here with a sack of dimes and whack me right over my rooting number. All right, Lisa. I've learned a lot over the course of MASH Matters podcast, and every episode continues my mashication. Oh, that's cool. Mashication. That's kind of fun, huh? Mm -hmm. Okay. Once life calms down for me, I can write up short, concise specifics. But suffice to say, the podcast is honestly everything I imagined it would be and so much more. You guys are amazing. Aww. Let me say that one more time. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. I'm, I say funny things, hopefully. But thank you, Lisa, for those very, very nice words. Jamie Narragon says, what have I learned from the podcast? I've learned Kelly is as lovely and vivacious in real life as her character, that Mike is truly a beautiful human being. Jeff is as hysterical in real life as he is scripted. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Oh, you want me to repeat that? I, I just didn't hear that last sentence. Jeff is as hysterical in real life as he is scripted. <laughs> My goodness. Well, that's interesting. And that I'm not alone in my love of the show MASH, that it seems to have a universality that speaks to all people of all ages all over the planet. In short, I've learned MASH is truly a family. Oh, that's really nice. That's great. Can we borrow a hundred bucks then if we're family now? <laughs> In dimes. In dimes. <laughs> Rob H. on Twitter says, I've learned that I hate only getting two shows a month. Come on, guys, more. I'll tell you what, Rob, you know, we do good to get you two. <laughs> I mean, we are busy fellows with our own lives. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the fact that I think we only missed two episodes. Yeah. In year number one, one was uh, because of scheduling and the other was technical issues. So 
I think we did pretty good. So, Rob, until a major podcast network picks us up and wants to pay us a lot of those dimes, uh, I think you're still just going to get two shows a month. Yeah. But who knows? Anything's possible. Anything is possible. Never say never, except to that. Right. (laughs) Big Daddy on Twitter says, I've learned that Jeff really knows how to tease a story. When are we going to hear the story about his voice being dubbed? Ding, 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 ding. Uh, It's coming. It's coming. We are a few episodes away. Episode 28 is when you're going to hear that story. Uh, John Cappiello said, congrats. I've learned that Jeff is a master of anticipation. Is it episode 28 yet? Also, uh, John Fanouf, I hope I pronounced your last name right. He says, love the podcast. I'm an expat living in Ireland, and Monday through Friday at 7, they play MASH on one of the networks. Keep it going, Igor and the other guy. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's not right. My, my name is Ryan. And I'll tell you, let me say one more thing. There would be no Igor here without the other guy. So just want to make that very clear. Are we up to AJ Gall or am I in out order? Uh, AJ, she actually sent us a message about uh, our first year. She says, I've learned that Kelly Nakahara is just as lovely as I'd hoped she'd be. And then we got another message from AJ, uh, which you see there. She listened to the Mike Farrell episode. And in the Mike Farrell episode, we uh, asked Mike one of AJ's questions. Aha. Yes, we did. But we accidentally made her a man instead of a woman. <laughs> So, AJ, we are terribly, terribly sorry that we made you a man in front of Mike Farrell. We're going to call him later and, and straighten that out. And he's going to say, Jeff who? Ryan who? How'd you get this number? That's just a sampling of some of the messages, the anniversary uh, messages that we receive from listeners. Thank you so much for everybody who wished us well and congratulated us on your number one. We couldn't do this without you. So if you love it, you are responsible. If you hate it, you are responsible. (laughs) You, you, you. All right. So we have more listener questions to get to. uh, Opening up the mailbag here. Here you are, Radar. Hey, mail call. David Iyer on Twitter says, this may be out of left field, but if you're looking for guests, how about Min Suk Lee? I hope we can get Min Suk Lee. She directed a documentary about the real people who inspired MASH, and it's called The Real MASH. She's also a fine Canadian currently running for member of parliament in my district. Wow, how cool would that be? We can certainly reach out to her, although she is running for parliament, so she might be a bit busy to talk to, yeah, uh, you know, two guys talking about a show. Um, I had not heard about this documentary, and, and Jeff, you hadn't either, right? I had no idea it existed, none whatsoever. This is fascinating to me uh, because I try to keep up on all things MASH. This one slipped through the cracks. Now, I think this was made back in 2012, so it's been a while, but it's called The Real MASH, and it's about real MASH units in Korea that inspired the show. I know that Loretta makes an appearance in the documentary, Gary Berghoff, Jamie Farr, they're all in there, but they also talk to real-life MASH doctors and surgeons. And unfortunately, the only link through their website, the documentary's website, goes to Amazon, and the product is unavailable at the moment. And I have not been able to find it on any streaming services or anything like that. So if anybody out there has seen this documentary, we'd love to hear what you thought of it. It's called The Real MASH by Min Suk Lee. We can certainly reach out to Miss Lee and see if she might spare a few minutes for us to talk about the documentary, because I am really interested in what made her want to do this documentary in 
the first place. Yeah, really. I wonder if she was inspired by the show or she was inspired by the books or what the heck, you know, got to her. Really an interesting uh, thing to learn. And I'll put a link to the website for the documentary in our show notes. You can find show notes. Every episode has show notes where uh, links to things that we talk about and mash related items. And you just go to mashmatterspodcast.com, click on episodes, and then find this episode. Click on the show notes and you can find all the information from this podcast episode in those show notes. So I'll put this link in there. And uh, again, if somebody has seen it, We'd love to hear from you. I, I have a quick little story about a real MASH unit that I visited in Korea in 1974. Uh, you know, I used to perform with a partner. We had a comedy team mm -hmm. and we were hired by the USO to travel around Japan, Korea, the Philippines and so forth to perform for troops and uh, various personnel in uh, those countries at military bases. Had an incredible time doing it. I wouldn't have traded it for the world. It was an eye-opening experience, a maturing experience, and I uh, valued every second that went on, although we were almost killed three or four times. <laughs> and uh, it was quite an adventure, and we really were almost shot by the uh, South Korean troops a few times. Holy cow. Not because they didn't like the material. It wasn't because of that. <laughs> I mean, when you bomb, you really bomb, don't you? <laughs> yeah. we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't laugh and joke about that. But yeah, yeah. Anyway. No, no, probably not. But why not? <laughs> so there I am in Korea and they took us to a mass unit and it was pretty cool. A very uh, similar to kind of the personality of the personnel on in MASH. We walked in and we were introduced to a guy who was kind of surprised to see us. He was probably a uh, corporal, maybe. I don't think he was a private. He had a little bit more stuff going on. I think he was a corporal. But he was kind of half asleep <laughs> when we walked in. And he was kind of snoozing on the desk. And the guy walked in who was an escort officer because we were given an escort officer to show us all over the place. So he walked in and he kind of tapped the guy. And he went, oh, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> he said, hi, this is, uh, you know, I'm uh, Lieutenant so-and-so, and I'm here with the USO show, and we're show showing him around. We'd like to show them a MASH unit, because uh, Jeff is associated with the show MASH, and, oh, yeah, MASH, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, uh-huh, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, oh, sure, fine, yeah, great. And as he moved about, he stood up, and he was kind of straightening himself out, trying to get himself together and collect his thoughts. He bent down a little bit to, you know, brush his clothes off, and his hat fell off. and out of the hat fell a giant doobie or giant marijuana cigarette Wow! or giant joint, whoever, if anyone knows, I don't know anything about that, never did, but I was told what it was uh -huh. and it went on, it thudded on the ground. It was so big and fat. Oh my gosh, yeah. And, and it was almost in slow motion. You know, we all saw it and it went, And he did too. And he looked at it like, uh-oh, uh, this isn't good. Because this is lieutenant guy standing there and he could have thrown him in the brig, I suppose, for it. But he kind of went, <laughs> and he picked it up and he threw it in his hat and he put it on his head. And then he showed us around the camp. <laughs> was, that was it. So, you know, these antics and pranks go on in the real mash. I'm starting to understand the origin story of Igor now. 
it makes a lot more sense yes. now. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh-huh. I mean, you were always wearing a hat on the show. I'm, you know, so Yes, I was. I was indeed. You were always around munchies too. So I was always around. Couldn't take me away from munchies. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Okay. Well, Jeff Hagers, uh, he says, here's a question I've wondered for some time. Ronnie Graham guest starred in one episode, Your Hit Parade. I know he wrote or co-wrote several episodes, but he also served as a creative consultant. What exactly did that entail? Uh, thanks, Jeff Hagers. I was curious about this, too. And so I actually found a little blurb on Ken Levine's blog. Uh, of course, Ken Levine was a writer as well. And I thought that this he summed it up very well. He said, essentially, you come in one night a week to help rewrite the script currently in production. You attend the run-through, go back to the room, help fix the show. Primarily, it's punching up the jokes, but it can also be story help, too. Oftentimes, the staff can get too close to a story, and it helps to have a pair of virgin eyes. So that's, in a nutshell, uh, from Ken, that's what a creative consultant does, and that's something that Ronnie Graham... Now, we were we were talking a little bit about Ronnie Graham before we started recording the episode. And by the way, he played in Your Hit Parade... He played Sergeant Gribble, who was the uh, bomb disposal expert who was brought in to give blood for a transfusion for a soldier, but he always fainted at the sight of needles. What are you, what are you doing? Hey, hey that's, that's, that's not a bomb. Uh -huh. He's sobering up. He's able to distinguish objects. That's a needle. What are you going to do? We're going to take blood out of your arm and put it into his arm. See, he needs alcohol, but he can't drink it straight. Oh, oh no, you're not going to put no needle in me. I can't stand it. I pass out. It's okay. You'll be lying down anyway. You don't understand. Look, I, I really pass out. I can't stand those things. They, they make me feel oogie. I know how he feels. I get that way from peanut butter. It's okay, sir. Take it easy. No! It won't hurt. Wait. Help! Help! Talk about getting blood from the stone. Help! He was a writer, he was an actor, a director, he was a composer and lyricist, musician, and also uh, had a lot of experience with Mel Brooks. In fact, he co-wrote the movies To Be and Not To Be and also Spaceballs. Very funny guy. I mean, you have to be if you're punching up jokes on MASH and co-writing scripts with Mel Brooks. I mean, what are your memories of Ronnie Graham? I remember him being a very nice guy, uh, very funny. I didn't have a great uh, close relationship with him, although I did see him on the set. A lot of the writers, you know, really didn't show up on the set mm -hmm. all the time. So you didn't really get a, a real close sense about them, uh, especially in my personal situation. Some of the other actors may have had uh, a closer relationship with them, but I didn't. But they really weren't on the set. They were up in their offices writing. So uh, you didn't get a real day-to-day uh, -day relationship with, with many of the writers. But when he did come around, he was a very affable fella. He had a great face, great character face. And I remember he had great hair, <laughs> great curly. Yeah. He had good hair. <laughs> He uh, also, he did a commercial that was very popular for a long time. And I think it was for a, uh, a motor oil or something. I think he played a character called Mr. Dirt mm -hmm. and he'd crawl out of a can or something. He was, but he was very funny guy. I'm going to have to look for that commercial because I, that is ringing a bell. I, I'm seeing online that it was for mobile oil. Yeah, there you go. Or he would climb out of an engine all dirty and oily and nasty. And there you I, go. I need to find and see if I can find any of those commercials. And if so, I'll put them in the show notes. Yeah, he was a good guy. Very funny. And I mean, anybody that can do a commercial and be, you know, 
Mr. Grime or dirty, you know, dirty guy. That's a talent. Wow. Wow. Very interesting. What a varied career he had, too, with everything he did. Yeah. Thank you uh, very much for asking that question, Jeff. We appreciate it. Tori Marsh. Tori. Yeah. From YouTube. Yes. Yay. I'm a huge fan of MASH and I'm just up to season 10, episode 20 at the moment. It's about my fourth time watching the whole series all the way through. The show inspired me to become a paramedic before I finished high school and went on to volunteer in the Middle East for six months when I graduated. Wow. How about that? Is that an amazing thing that this television show is the motivation for so many people doing such wonderful things? That's that's really, that's amazing. And she's not the first one who has written us and said, you know, hey, MASH inspired me to go into the medical field. I became a paramedic. I became a nurse. I became an anesthesiologist. I mean, we've heard several different people who have been inspired to go into the medical field, including Tori Marsh, leaving that comment on YouTube. Thank you, Tori. Speaking of YouTube, we have a lot of great people who who listen to the podcast on YouTube. But one of the comments that came in was just simply, you put a podcast on YouTube? Yes. Yes, we do. Now, when you go on YouTube, you're not going to see us, but you would be amazed. We've had a lot of people who listen to this show on YouTube in fact, YouTube is becoming one of the more popular ways for people to listen to podcasts nowadays. So we want to make sure that MASH Matters is out there wherever people are listening to podcasts. And yes, that includes YouTube. So if you are at work or, you know, somewhere where you're always around a computer and you want to listen via YouTube, it's there. Just search for MASH Matters. You can subscribe to our uh, our channel on there. And, and listen away. So thank you, everybody who listens to MASH Matters on YouTube. We appreciate it. And if we ever decide to do this podcast in pants, uh, with pants on, we'll probably put up the video version of it. But it's going to be a while. <laughs> well, Larry Horn asked a question about a horn, which is interesting, that he has a name Horn asking a question about a horn. In the third season, my favorite Maxwell moment was when he shot the bugle out of Radar's hand. It's actually my favorite moment, too. Fire ceremonial salute. But, sir, the angle. Fire the salute, Private. Yes, sir. Corporal. Little decorum, please. It shows Jeff as a good physical actor. His facial responses are priceless. Let me read that one more time. His facial responses are priceless. Now, obviously, he didn't really shoot radar. So how was that done? It sure looked real. Well, okay. Uh, how was it done? Uh, well, we were all out at the ranch. Uh, Gary was standing there with a bugle in his hand. And I was uh, sitting there at the cannon. And in the wide shot, you see all of us standing there, the wide shot being the whole picture of everybody standing around. And I did this gesture with the cannon and it made a noise. And then uh, the bugle was uh, moved out of Gary's hand. Uh, but you noticed when you do that, you actually went into a close up of that happening. So first of all, I did it and they took a close up of me making the cannon shoot. And then they shot it from my angle, uh, looking at Gary. And then I believe they took a close up of the bugle flying out of his hand. 
I believe. I haven't seen it in 40 years. Well, no, actually, okay, no. All right. I, I, it's a wide shot. It's done from uh, the perspective of someone standing behind you. So it, you, we see your back. We see the cannon. You fire it, and there's a lot of smoke. And in the smoke, you see the bugle knocked out of Radar's hand. And you also hear... So that's what you you, you actually heard uh, something, but... Obviously, the sound effect is uh, put in in post production after they shot it. But wait, I'm sorry. When you when the when it went out of his hand, mm-hmm. that was the same shot from behind my. See, see how much I know about the show. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. You should really watch the show sometime. It's a fantastic show. <laughs> see, this is the perspective: a guy who worked there was doing it, and a guy who didn't work there but knows everything about it. <laughs> I get it. I understand. Hey, when you put that much of yourself into something, sometimes you don't necessarily go back and, and review it years later. I completely understand that. So, yeah, it, it's it's all one shot. But the smoke from the cannon kind of masks anything actually hitting. All you hear is the tink. And then you see the bugle flying out of Radar's hand, which really is just Radar throwing the bugle. Right. Obviously, I think for many reasons, uh, insurance, um, you know, uh, death, uh, those would be reasons not to actually fire any sort of projectile from a cannon toward one of the actors on a popular television show. I'm I'm just spitballing here. I think that's probably the idea. So there wasn't actually a cannon ball or any ammunition in said cannon, correct? No, and in in the initial tink, that was probably said by the director who said, bang, or ouch, or something so that he would know to drop the bugle. Right. Right. That's why he did that. So nothing hit the bugle, actually, or him or anybody. There was no projectile, as you said very eloquently. It was just a person saying, bang, or drop it, or look out, or something to cue him to do what he did with that bugle. And then, of course, there's Radar's great response of wanting to kill Igor. <laughs> yeah, your your reaction is just absolutely priceless there. <laughs> Thank you. One of uh, the best Igor scenes, probably, in my opinion, the best Igor scene. But yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I appreciate it. It was a very fun thing to do. And it was very easy to react to him because he gave me so much stuff to react to. He was coming at me really hard. <laughs> I felt so bad that I almost killed him. It was easy to play that moment. <laughs> yeah. We're not used to seeing really mad radar. So no. yeah, it's it's fun. That's, fun. <laughs> That's true. So we go from a scene where Igor is adored and featured. And then we go to a scene where we don't even see Igor. Uh, Derek Wade sends in this question. He says, recently watching the episode movie tonight, I didn't see Igor in the crowd. Was he in there or did I miss it? Or was he not? If not, why was he not part of the group? And it's interesting because I just watched this episode over the weekend and I too noticed that you were not in the crowd. And that started me wondering. So you have you have your main cast and then you have the secondary cast, you and Nurse Kelly and Ginger Bayless and, and Rizzo and, you know, the, the secondary cast. Sometimes you were there, uh, even if you didn't have a line, we would see you. Sometimes you were not. And I'm, I'm curious, what determined when you were in an episode and when you weren't in an episode? Well, I'm not sure. Do you know what season that was in? That was in season five, episode 21. Okay. Um, two reasons, possibly. One of them was when I ended my career as Alan Alda's stand-in, I also ended my career as kind of the guy in the background. 
So it is possible that I had done that during that particular season. Mm -hmm. And if that was true, then hiring me to be in that crowd would have cost them a bunch of money Mm -hmm. so that they would have had to have hired me as the actor Jeff Maxwell. And they don't want to do that as a production. You know, you're putting together a budget. You don't want to hire a bunch of actors who would have to pay a bunch of money to in a crowd scene that they're not really going to say anything as the character, as the actor. Right. So it's much cheaper to stay with the the background crew, the background actors, and not hire another actor who will they, they will have to pay a bunch of money to. So if that was during season five, which I don't remember absolutely positively, but it's possible, then that's why I would not have been in there because I had nothing to say. Therefore, they wouldn't have hired me to just sit in the background and say and just sit there and watch the movie. Mm-hmm. During the time that I was acting as Alan on the stand-in and also participating in the background, I may not have been in there because they may have had, you know, the right amount of people and they just didn't need me. Or maybe I was, you know, going to be in a different scene and they didn't need me in that one. Or they called in a certain amount of people for eight o'clock in the morning and a certain amount of people for one o'clock in the afternoon. And that, you know, I was in one or the other. And so I wasn't in that particular scene. It's nothing personal. It's just a question of, hey, who do we have to shoot and how many people do we need and who's around and how do we work that out? So that's kind of the answer. I think I did. I answer that question. I hope so. Yes, you did. It's always been fascinating to me, especially not just the secondary cast, but I always found it interesting, too, when there were some episodes where you never saw Father Mulcahy in an episode or you didn't see Margaret and you didn't see Frank in certain episodes, even though they were part of that season, Mm -hmm. you didn't necessarily see them in every episode. So I didn't know if that plays into scheduling or if there were just times when the writer said, you know what, we don't have a spot right here for Father Mulcahy. We don't have a need for Frank to be in this episode and mm-hmm. because we don't have anything specific for those characters to do in these episodes. And I didn't know if that was the reason that those things kind of happened. I think so. And and initially, Bill Christopher and Jamie Farr were not contracted characters. Contracted characters, meaning they were there for supposedly every episode or whatever that contract was, you know, agreed upon. Right. So they were just brought in when they needed them. If they weren't in that particular show, they weren't using Father Mulcahy or Klinger, then they weren't anywhere in the show, in the background or the foreground or anywhere. So it's it's just kind of, you know, scheduling and who's around and what they need, who, who they need, and how many people they need and so forth and so on. So it's sort of the answer. Hey, a sort of answer is better than no answer at all. So yeah, yeah. Thank you, Derek, for sending in that question. Hey, we got a voicemail this week. Let's listen to it. All right. Hey, Jeff and Ryan. My name is Matthew. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. Just wanted to say I love the podcast. I love the show, especially you, Jeff, as Igor. Igor is always one of my favorite characters. Just wanted to say, you know, the show really made a difference in my life. Always a show I could go to to get a good laugh if I'm having a bad day. And I've gotten a couple of my friends on it. So I just wanted to say thank you to both of y'all for creating the podcast. I listen to it every time I drive to classes in New Orleans. And I just really appreciate everything y'all are doing and still making MASH pronounced in the world because it's still one of the greatest shows of all time. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Well, thank you, Matthew. Yeah, Matthew. That was a very, very nice thing to say. I really appreciate what you said about Igor. Uh, he was he was my favorite character as well, so I agree with you 100. <laughs> percent I, I uh, enjoyed playing him, and I'm I again I said this at the beginning of this podcast, but I'll say it again. I can't begin to tell you how uh, 
how meaningful it is to me to hear people say these things after so many years. Because when we were doing MASH, you do it in kind of a bubble. You go in and you say the words and you go home and that's pretty much it. And then you see the show on and that's okay too. But you don't get the the kind of emotional responses that um, we're hearing now. And after so many years, it's uh, it's so uh, it's so truly warming to to hear these responses and to hear the hear folks say how much the show meant to them. So thank you, and thank you uh, to everyone who says those things. We we certainly we appreciate them, and I appreciate them very very much. Yes, thank you, Matthew. And hey, if you want to call and leave a voicemail and tell us what Mash means to you. Call 513-436-4077. You can also email us, mashmatterspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. We're all over the internet. You can't get rid of us. We're like a bad rash. (laughs) We would also love to hear from you. If you uh, listen to us via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, you can leave a five-star review and and write a review. In fact, we had a couple of new ones come in this week. (laughs) One of them, well, let me read both of them here. This one is from G. Stratton. It says, uh, terrific work. Thanks, Igor, for all the stories. MASH was and still is an excellent show. Thanks, Ryan, for the DVD info on the laugh track. I'll also need to find Igor's cookbook. Fun listening. And that's uh, from Apple Podcast. And then from Dwayne T. Bricker, this podcast will give you a lump no surgeon can remove. <laughs> That's very nice. <laughs> I can't think of any better way yeah. to wrap up this episode than with that review. Absolutely not. <laughs> episode 24 in the books. Looking forward to 25 and then 26 and then 27. And oh, before you know it. Uh-oh. 28. <laughs> All right. So thank you. Uh, Reach out if you have any questions and uh, we'll see you again soon. And until then, here's looking up your old address. 